Lord, we're glad to be in your house, assembled together under one roof, exalting your name. It's good to know you. It's so good to be your son. It's so good to be able to share your word, oh God. And I pray you'd help me do that. I pray that you would open these people's hearts to your word. That you'd help me preach this in love. That you would help me preach this in truth. That it will be full of the Spirit. I pray if there be anything planned in this that you don't like, that you would rid of it right now in Jesus' name. And I pray you have your way, O oh God. I pray you say what you want to say, O oh God. And I pray these people hear what you have to say and what your word has to say. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to be with you, church. Look at your neighbor say, it's good to see you, neighbor. Look at another neighbor say, it is good to see you also, neighbor. And if you are far away, I wave at you. I see you. It's good to see you. I see you. If you don't have anyone around you. I want you to just go ahead, slip up your hand right now. Amen. If you have any form of social media whatsoever... Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Just slip that hand up. Just leave it up there. Let's see it. Okay. I'm looking around the room, seeing several of you are older, so my judgment is going to be this, that you probably have Facebook. Am I right? Tell me if I'm wrong. You can shake your head and say, you're wrong, bro. I'm 65 and I have Instagram and Snapchat and no Facebook. Okay, Jenny says, I am not 65. <laughs> Here's the thing about social media. It's a weird thing. It's a weird place to go. Social media is a place where we take our opinions, our thoughts, little snippets of our life, little snippets, and we put them out for the whole public to see and then to judge Am I wrong? That's what we do, right? And when it comes to Facebook, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to judge someone's post, right? You can say, I like that. I love that. I care about that. Wow. Or I'm mad. That's my, I'm mad face. I'm mad about that. I think I'm missing one. Yes, thank you. I'm so sad. That makes me sad. And the crazy thing about Facebook, not only can you do that, but you can leave a comment. Am I right? Some of y'all love leaving those comments, and you need to stop calling my son Chunky because I'm tired of it. <laughs> I am fed up with that. I has, was a child who grew up, as many of you know, shopping in the Husky section, and I will not allow my son to be called Husky nor Chunky, and I rebuke you in Jesus' name. So we get on, you think I'm, I'm kidding, I'm serious. So we get on social media and we scroll. We scroll, isn't that what we do? Chomping at the bit, just ready to judge. And the worst judgment might even, i just ignoring you. I don't even like you anymore. I'm not gonna, that's a cute picture. Not gonna like it, I don't like you anymore. And the funny thing is when we post something, we're checking. 
every hour, sometimes every minute, do people like what I put out there? Do they agree with me? Do they like it? So we refresh and we refresh. And then when we get to that certain benchmark, we're like, oh, people, this is great. People do approve of me. People do approve or disapprove of what I say. It's a crazy place. It's no wonder why our culture is so judgy. It's, it's no wonder. It's no wonder why our culture is so judgy and that that same spirit that is so quick to pronounce judgment can leak over and even into the lives of children of God. If we're not careful, that same spirit that's so quick to pronounce judgment can leak over into our faith walks. We as believers, we know what is right. Do we not? Do we know what is right? We know God. We know what righteousness is. We know what righteousness looks like. We've read his word. We know the one who wrote the word. We know that he is perfectly righteous. Is he not? Is he not, church? He is. And if you're anything like me and you know his righteousness and you know how good he is, there's this desire in all of us to see things be done right. To see righteousness. We want to see it in the world around us. We want to see it in the people around us. I can identify with that desire as probably many of you can. But... If we are not careful, if we are not careful, we can have such a desire to see righteousness upheld that we begin to try to do God's job for him. We can begin to try to do God's job for him. And we can begin to try to fulfill the only, no, excuse me, we can begin to try to fulfill a role we were never meant to fulfill and that is the role of judge. That is a role that we are not meant to fulfill. And this problem is addressed in the Word of God. So we know this is not a new problem. This is a problem as old as mankind. I won't keep you long tonight. And I know you're like, I don't believe you. Unlike these other people sitting to my right, you can trust me. Maybe. So, love you guys. But you're, you're long-winded. Amen. So let's go to Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Then we're going to jump over to Romans 2, 1 through 11. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Romans 2, 1 through 11. And this is what it says in Matthew 7. Judge not. Judge not that you be not judged. For with judgment you pronounce you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. This is Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, the most powerful sermon ever spoken in human history. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. 
First take the log out of your own eye, and you will clearly, you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Let's go to Romans 2, 1 through 11. Paul addresses a lot of this, and and honestly, Romans 1 through 7. But let's just focus on these 11 verses. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man. Every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. Because you, the judge, practiced the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. The Jew first and also the Greek. Almost finished. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good. The Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. The title of tonight's message is simply this. And you might not get it at first. Just hold on with me. And hopefully you'll get it by the end. But the title of tonight's message is called God Badge. God Badge. What do I mean by God Badge? Let me explain. As we already stated and as Scripture plainly states, God does not need anyone to do his job for him. God is the judge of all mankind, not us, and it is not our job to judge people on God's behalf. That's not our job. It's not our job to pull out our so-called self-made God badge coming on behalf of God and pronouncing judgment on other people. It's not our job to play the role of God to pull out our God badges, and I've done it myself. I am not exclusive of this. We pull out our God badges, and we begin to condemn people for their wrongs. We can begin to condemn people for their failures and give their lives a verdict and sentence punishment on them that we believe that they deserve. When we do this, It causes all sorts of problems for other people and ourselves. I want to just talk about four. I want to quickly dive into four problems, and many of them are in these passages, that take place when we begin to wave our self-made God badges around on people. So here we go. You guys seem super stoked. Number one. We judge everyone else's faults, but we excuse or we are blind to our own. We judge everyone else's faults, but we excuse or we are blind to our own. Let's read Romans 2, 1 once again. Romans 2, 1. 
Romans 2.1. I'm very hard to follow, I understand. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. Because you, the judge, practice the very same things. You practice the same things. I'll explain momentarily. Back to Matthew 7, 3 through 5. I'm just going to read 3 through 5. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. One more time. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Are we not so blind to our own failure sometimes? Are we not? And if you were to be honest with yourself, there's probably, because I, I, I experience this, I'm not saying you do, I do. I'll speak for myself. There are times that if I were really to examine myself and look at my life, then I would honestly say that I think if people were more like me, the world would be a better place. Is that not a ridiculous thing to think or believe? But do we do that? Is that what we do? seems like that's what many people do. That's what these passages are talking about, are they not? This is not the only place you find these things. This is what we want, and this is how we act. And once again, if I'm not speaking of you, I'm speaking for myself. This is what we really want as humans, because we're human. We want... Law for everyone else, but grace for us. We want everyone else to hold up to God's standards, but when we mess up, when we sin, we want grace. And we're really good about making excuses for why we mess up. Well, I had a really bad childhood, and that's why I am the way that I am. We're so quick to make excuses because that's what we really want, to say it again. We want law for everyone else, but we want grace For us, we would rather condemn other people and not ourselves, and we would rather make excuses for our own faults. Number two. Number two. And this is a scary one. When we judge others, we cast judgment on ourselves. When we judge others, we're casting judgment on ourselves. Let me just enlighten you a little bit or reminds you of something, as well as myself. You're not better than anyone. You, in and of yourself, are not better than anyone. We used to practice the same things that the world did, does. Excuse me. And the truth of the matter is, we still sin. We still mess up. And we are not perfect. And we want to take sin and we want to level it. And are some sins more serious according to Scripture? Yes. But the truth of the matter is, sin is sin. Sin is sin. To break any one of God's commandments is to be guilty of all of them. Period. And just breaking one... When we just break one, we deserve hell. 
That's what we deserve. That's what I deserve. I sinned against the one true God and I deserve hell. There's good news and we're getting there. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned, all have sinned, all have sinned and fall short. We fall short, family, of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Not some sins, there's no specific sins listed in Romans 6 right here. The wages of sin, a sin, is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ our Lord. And we will get there. James 2.10 confirms what I just said. Whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point is guilty of all of it. Number three. Third problem that happens when people wave their God badge. We do damage. We do damage when we wave that badge around. We do damage. If you have ever attempted to witness to someone by first talking about and looking at their life and their sin and saying, you are wrong and you are messed up. How's that went for you? Does that go well for you? Do you see many people stay in church who said that they gave their life to Jesus because they felt guilt? They were feared or shamed into giving their life to Jesus? How many of those people are still in church, church? Get ahead of myself, but it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. When we stand in front of a holy God, when we are met by Him, and when the Spirit of God convicts us, He shows us and He comes to us in love. And as He stands there in love, He points out our faults. He will show us our sin. You wonder... You witness, you're legalistic to your friends, maybe, and your family. I've done it. I'm getting to a story, I promise you, about myself. And we think that people are rejecting God when they're not rejecting God at all. They're not rejecting gospel at all. They're rejecting religion. They're rejecting legalism. That's what you portrayed, and that's not gospel. That is not gospel. Religion and legalism is not of God. It is not. Why would people care what our God says when they don't even know Him? Why would they care about His law when they don't even know Him? They haven't even met Him. They don't believe He exists. Why? It's our job to show people Him. Instead, we inflict damage. It's the goodness of God. I was in high school. Man, if there was ever a time I was legalistic, it was high school. If there was ever a time I was religious, 
It's high school. I love the Lord, but... So let me explain myself. I had a buddy, and he's still my buddy. I don't talk to him often. And I've always had a, a soft spot for him. And I still pray for this guy. I haven't talked to him in a long time. We were sitting in class, and people knew who I was. They knew what I believed, and they knew how faithful I was to God. And so they're having this conversation. I can't remember all the details of the conversation. This was mm, 12 years ago. But as we talked, they were trying to get this guy to feel bad about what he had done. And I joined in. Me and this guy were friends. He respected me, and I respected him. But in a moment of God badge, in a moment of religion and legalism, I cast judgment on him. And I said, you know what? You are sinful. You are nasty. You are messed up. You're terrible. That's what I did. That's what I did. Someone who should know better. That's what I did to him that day. You know, later I got to talk to him. We went fishing later that week, and I got to apologize to him. And I've witnessed to him over the years, and I tried to live the gospel, preach the gospel to him the best I can. And to my knowledge, he has not accepted Jesus yet. That day, he didn't reject Jesus. He rejected judgment. He rejected legalism. And I did more damage than I ever did good. You ever done that? You don't have to raise your hand. Rhetorical question. Just think about it. Number four. God doesn't need our help. That might blow your mind. You might think you're great. You know, you might be. I don't know. You are great. But no matter how great you are, God does not need your help. He is the perfect judge. He is the perfect judge. Hebrews 10.30. And this is in other places in Scripture. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. In other places in Scripture, it's specifically talking about when someone wrongs you. We're not supposed to seek vengeance on people when they wrong us. That's for God to do. We also need to remember that it's not our job to avenge him. We're not here to avenge God. That's not your job. You're not here to make every wrong right. That's not your job. Be free of that pressure. You're not good enough. You're not powerful enough. You're not smart enough. And that's not your job. It's not even your job for your son or your daughter. That is not your job. Beautiful thing about God and his judgment is he does something that none of us can do. He is perfect, yes. Romans 2.11 says he shows no partiality. Let me let you in on a little secret. You would. And you do. He doesn't. I don't know what you think about that, but I think that's beautiful. Moving on. Some of you are like, whew, 
That was rough. Yeah, it was. As I said at the beginning of the sermon, we have this desire to see things made right. Do we not? To see justice served. We want to see justice served. So what are we supposed to do about it? And why does it seem like God is putting up with a lot? You ever look at somebody and say, God, why are you putting up with that? God, why don't you just smite them? Why don't you just punch them in the mouth? Why? What are you waiting on? You not see how ugly and nasty and evil that person is? What are you doing? You need to trust him. Trust him. Trust God. He shows no partiality. He doesn't like people that do wrong more than other people that do wrong. And that's why he doesn't show judgment. That's not our God. He has no partisanship. He is not biased. He shows no favoritism. He shows no prejudice. He is truly impartial. And understand, in trusting God and understanding something about love... Understand that God is patient. God is patient. What is 1 Corinthians 13, which speaks about agape love? What does it say? Love is patient. What does Romans 2, 4 say? He's being patient. God was patient with you. God was patient with you. Why do you not want him to be patient with everyone else? Why do I not want him to be patient with everyone else? Do we really not believe in the power of the gospel? Do we really not believe that God's that good? That there's no one too far gone? I'm going to vent one thing. Might be controversial, take it or leave it. You can be mad at me, you can email me, it's fine, you can judge me. One thing we say a lot, and it's hard not to say it, and it's even harder now that I have a son, is Lord, come quickly. Please come quickly. If I really think about that, and I really look at the world, I see how messed up and, and broken it is, and I, I, I worry about my son and what he's going to have to deal with. But when we say that, do you understand how many people we're excluding from heaven? God will come when he's ready to come. And he knows exactly when he needs to come. And I believe before he comes, many will come to know him that do not know him at this moment. And for that reason, I try, and I hope you try, to look at the world and be patient. And understand that God knows exactly what he's doing. He was patient with you. Be patient with everyone else. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to put our God badges down. To destroy them. And preach Jesus. You want justice? 
Point people to Jesus. You want righteousness? Point people to Jesus. You want to see a just, it's be served, point people to Jesus. We need to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. This message, do not go away saying, I am saying don't call sin, sin. That's not the gospel. But this is about pointing people to the one who bore our sin. And understanding that God does not desire to pour out his wrath on humankind. Or he already would have. That's why he sent Jesus. God sent Jesus. Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. John 14.6. Jesus said to them, I am the way. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God does not want to condemn anyone. But a life of no condemnation is only for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1 He doesn't desire to see any man condemned. So we need to put our God badges down Stop condemning people and point people to Jesus. And understand that the only reason that I'm not condemned is because I am in Jesus. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. Groups of people in the Bible talked about this with my life group a couple weeks ago, last Wednesday night with our youth group. There are groups of people in the Bible, people today... They aren't happy with the gospel. Let me explain. The gospel is Jesus, period. It's not Jesus plus. It's Jesus, period, not Jesus plus. And a lot of God badge toters and a lot of groups of people are not content, con, content with that truth. For example... People will say, salvation, yeah, Jesus, of course, but it's Jesus plus works equals salvation. No. It's Jesus plus you got to be baptized. That's salvation. No. It's Jesus plus speaking in tongues. That's salvation. No. It's Jesus plus reading a certain translation of the Bible. That will save you. No. It's Jesus plus being a member of a certain denomination. That will save you. No, it's Jesus plus going to church on Saturday, not Sunday. Jesus didn't go to church on Sunday. No, that's not the gospel. Salvation is Jesus, period. Not Jesus plus anything. And anyone who tries to make it Jesus plus does not understand the gospel. They're not preaching the word of God. And they need to shut up. Jesus plus anything is nothing but religion and legalism and religion and legalism will get you to hell. That's the only place it'll get you. It's Jesus. Jesus. Religion and legalism is not of God. 
Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God. For salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God. Is the gospel not powerful enough, church? Is Jesus not powerful enough? He doesn't even need you. He doesn't even need you to tell others about him. We are instructed to because he wants us to. He wants to use us. He doesn't even need you. It's time to stop pointing people to religion and legalism and to people. And it's time to point to Jesus. It's time to preach Jesus. We're looking at government to fix our world. We're looking at elections to fix our world. It's Jesus. 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 In closing, and worship team, you can just stay at, stay where you are. Just stay there. I want to read you lyrics to this song. It's been out for a while. And the title of the song just happens to be God Badge. And I just want to read it to you. And I, I, I'm not reading it word for word. I took uh, just a lot of the meat of it and put it together. And it doesn't have great flow, but just bear with me. That's what it says. Put the God Badge down. And love someone. Let it free your soul. The world never was, and it never will be in your control. Put your God badge down and love someone. Unlock your heart and love someone. Love alone was yours to carry. You can lay your gavel down. You can lay your gavel down. You're not the jury. Or the judge. Quit acting out the fear that you call love. Put your God badge down and love someone. This world needs Jesus. Let's point to him. Let's look to him. Let's trust him. And let's stop trying to do his job for him. Because I assure you, you stink at it, and he's really good at it. Let us pray. Lord Jesus.
I am thankful for the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, to first the Jew and to the Greek. I'm thankful that there is now, therefore now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let us not forget that we are imperfect people who are saved by a perfect Savior. Let us not forget the true gospel of Jesus. Let us not spread legalism and religion, but let us spread your great name. Let us stop trying to do your job for you because you are doing a great job yourself and you don't need me to do it for you. We are commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That is our commandment. That is what we are called to do as people who are in Jesus. Let us do it. Let us do it well. For it is powerful. The gospel is powerful. Lord, the day of judgment is coming for all of us. I pray you would use us to help other people see Jesus. Where that day when we stand before our maker... We don't stand condemned, but we stand saved. We stand justified. We stand before you having peace with you, where we're able to know you forever and ever and exist with you forever and ever. Help us expand your kingdom, O God, for that is our call and that is our privilege. It's a privilege, Lord, and I'm thankful for it. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. The name above every name, the name that is just as powerful as it's ever been, Jesus.